listening to my favorite dog show, the weekly show with Aditya. As the temperatures rise in the Sin City and go to the mid 40s, it's the 6th of September 2021 with a fast and furious ending to the last week, and this is episode number 413 on the 6th of September 2021. A lot of things have happened over the past week. and this morning we will discuss those events and let's take a look as to what is there on the breakfast menu for this morning's episode fast and furious the fast and furious pace at which the last week finished and this week started we will be discussing the events around that So let's start the main menu for this morning's episode. The India England tournament had reached a culmination. The fourth match has reached the fifth day, and and in a few hours from now, we will know which team will lead two one. Will England be able to chase? 370 runs, or we, will India be able to defend 370 runs into what is being labelled as a cliche flat wicket with nothing for the bowlers, no movement, no seam, no swing, and a pitch where the batters can bat through the line, and that is why India were able to score over 460 runs and give a target of. 360 runs with a deficit of 99 but over the past one month ever since this tournament started the debate has been why has jadeja been picked over ashwin and this debate has gone for decades it's become an anti jadeja and pro ashwin campaign and this was even made worse when jadeja was promoted ahead of rahane and all the pseudo experts in their own imaginary wisdom that they think they possess have gone on to say that promoting jadeja ahead of rahane means the team management doesn't have confidence as far as rahane is concerned who is not able to make runs as to what is the definition of 
a batter over the past two years that if you don't make runs, you are to be dropped or there is something wrong, technical, mental, enough practice, whatever you may want to call it. But controversy or not, conspiracy or not, there is a clear anti-Jadeja and pro-Ashwin campaign. And I am not going to say which side do I favor, do I want Jadeja over Ashwin, do I want both in the team which means that you go with two fast bowlers and two spinners or Kohli has his own idea of four fast bowlers and one spinner including all-rounders Thakur and Ashwin. We shall talk about that as time progresses but if you look at how the the four days have progressed. It started with India being bowled out for 191 at a furious pace. England being 3 for 53. Day 2 ended with England getting a lead of around 100 and India making 0 for 43. Day 3 ended with India getting a lead and day 4 ended with India getting a lead of around 360 and England being 0 for 77 in what is being billed as a thrilling match, edge of the seat match, nail biter and what not. It will be interesting as to how this fast and furious match progresses but let's get into the details. Yes, they did well, they were bowled out for 190 and then England from 5 for 62 somehow carried themselves to 290 but can the number 6789 once again do the job we don't know and I've been saying for a while if Rohit Sharma was promoted to open and everyone questioned that can a guy who only plays white ball can he adjust to and change his technique and what all he did that in the same manner someone like Johnny Bairstow if they want him in the team and they want to have extra batter, they can easily promote a Johnny Bairstow to open. What does that mean? It also means that one of Burns, Hamid, Sibley may never play again. But I rather have Johnny Bairstow opening because he, like Rohit Sharma, can accelerate when needed. And then if Rohit Sharma can do it, if 20 years ago, Sehwag did it when he was gambled to open and then lot of openers have done it a few haven't but most have Warner has done it as an opener he scored fast and he's been one of those few openers who have opened in 50 overs and test matches and 20 overs and so much so rigid or not if I was the England coaching staff I would say let's take a punt with Johnny to opening in Australia along with Hamid or Burns, however they want to do it, which means Ben Stokes comes back and they can have both Butler and Stokes and Pope, which means you open with Bairstow and Hamid with Malan at number 3, Root at number 4, Stokes at number 5, Pope at number 6, Butler at number 7, Wokes at number 8 and then Broad, Anderson, Wood or whoever is available at 9, 10, 11. Of course, you can even ha you can have Ali at 9, 10 and 11. You can have Broad and Anderson, which allows them to go with 
four fast bowlers in Wokes and Stokes as the all-rounders and the two spin and the two marquee bat bowlers in Broad and Anderson and Moen Ali also somewhere there. So yes, it is a practical. I repeat again, Bedso and Hamid open, Malan at number three, Pope at number four, Stokes at number five, Butler at number six, or Pope at number six, Butler at number seven, Ali and Wokes at eight and nine, and 10 and 11, Broad and Anderson, perfect team. You get Stokes, Wokes, and Ali as the all rounders, Broad and Anderson as the fast bowlers. Butler and Bairstow as the keepers, though Butler will keep. Pope as over there as another keeper. And then Bairstow opening allows the others to relax. Is it practical? It is practical. Will it happen? Well, it depends how rigid the Indian team, the England team is. But they can take an example from Warner, Sevag, and in the recent two years, Rohit Sharma. For me, that would be perfect. It would be shocking, but you know, never know what's going to happen. So that's my understanding on this. But if it happens, it doesn't happen, I don't know. But focusing on how this match is, of course, it's a flat wicket. Nothing for the bowlers. I've heard this a million times. India recently chased 330 against Australia, against top bowling attack in Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Cameron Green and Nathan Lyon. Do they have that punch-like character to come at number 5 do the job? Can to do the job of punch and Malan do the job of Pujara? Possible. If England win, then India will be criticised for getting only 190 and not getting a bigger lead than and conceding a lead of 100 runs or getting 190, lot of things that we looked at. They couldn't defend 370. So anything is possible. Is a draw possible? Draw is not going to happen. And who will win? The cliche and the basic thing is that if you win one session, you have a chance. Believe me. Besto, Pope, despite their good performances in the first innings, will be still under pressure to do a good job. 370 is not easy. And while Burns and Hamid have done their job, can they even do what India did at Sydney? When India were to chase 407, but they went all the way and drew the match, it will be called the great escape. It is also practical. Anything is possible. All three results, even a tie is possible. Everything is possible. India once upon a time, eight years ago, were defending 460 against South Africa when they were 5 for 197 and then De Villiers and Duplessis out of nowhere nearly stole the match and if it was a one-day match, they would have lost that match by eight points but South Africa chasing 460 ended at 452 or something. But that was going with four bowlers. Now, a few pseudo-experts and egotists have said that India should go with an extra batter and four bowlers. That's not going to happen. Five, five bowlers work, whether it's three plus two, four plus one, two plus two fast bowlers, three spinners. So let's 
imagine if washington sundar wasn't injured would washington sundar be, would have been preferred over jadeja if that had happened it would have caused even more ripples how can someone a green horn like washington sundar be preferred over his state mate and ashwin or if aksar patel was preferred over jadeja same question how can aksar patel be preferred over his state mate ashwin don't know what going to happen in the next match i think england have a chance it's a 50-50 situation of course our biasness will not allow us to say that india can win so we are always on the other side but let me remind you if this was a situation reverse and india were to chase 291s on the last day the contention would be india's batting lineup is weak get kohli wahane doesn't have form pant will be under pressure though he's done it before can thakur and umesh yadav and the others do it if the situation was reversed and india were 80 for 0 they could be 80 for 1 tomorrow england so let's presume to be precise 77 for 0 and if this this was india chasing 360 or somewhere around that nobody would have said india is winning but because it's england and our colonial mindset refuses to go away we are still saying england have a chance but when i saw england batting yesterday may have looked they may have looked comfortable but of course left arm spinner against left handers right handers whatever is a theory can jadeja do it yes are we missing someone like root definitely but that's the way such things are whatever happens we shall discuss it on wednesday let's take a short break What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you when you hear the term Fast and Furious? Over the past two decades, the movie Fast and Furious has meant fast cars, racing, stunts, and whatnot, and it has been copied by so many Indian movies. More recently, the Doom franchise, which failed miserably in its attempt to copy. the basic theme of fast and furious it the fast and furious started with a familiar story of cops and robbers a team of professional car drivers who ran away from the police in the first four movies and then 
it started evolving the writers started having more mature content as far as the fast and furious franchise was concerned it then became a familiar story of fast cars and a family and a patriarch and then in the 9 or the 10th installment however you may want to call it past characters thought to be deceased if you have seen the 7th installment uh, an important character the way the movie ended was as if it was thought that that character's time has ended in the movie but that wasn't the case returned and then as always the ragtag team became a professional group of thieves hackers patriarch one who controls everything one who is the captain of the team and there are a couple of female characters who try to bring some kind of parity to the rest there is a bit of comic relief as far as that is concerned and then there they were known to fight adverse situations and it wasn't just about simple cops and thieves it became more about fighting demons within yourself and since it's fifth installment the writers have added elements where the whole world could be brought to its knees by technology if misused the example of god's eye in the eighth installment where you can track anyone using a certain piece of technology they are tasked by the law enforcement agencies this is the biggest change since the fifth installment this group of professional teams the professional car racers team up with the law enforcement agencies to catch another group of thieves and then you add technology and then the writers through this try to add some fear oh my god somebody is always tracking us we are always under somebody's eye and then of course god's eye was as a misnomer as it could be or it was a statement and of course the submarine scene the scene where they crash into a satellite flying into outer space ridiculous physicists and scientists would scoff at the way they showed they flew in a rocket fueled car into space not practical wearing old fashion space suits not practical it went it goes against all law all all laws of physics but that's the whole idea the writers don't care if it defies the laws of physics the writers wanted to add elements which would make it even more interesting rather than the cliche of just fast cars and running away from law enforcement instead they team up with law enforcement law enforcement agents become a part of the group and then there is always a twist as it was in the ninth installment when the antagonist looked as if he or she was against them and suddenly in the last 15 minutes the antagonist became a part of the team and it was all about family and then of course the whole idea of population control which has been a theme in so many movies whether it was 
in the origins whether it was in the avengers the whole population control thing wiping out planets to the computer virus here it was about a computer virus where you could control any satellite where your computer con- could be controlled by an external person who could do anything they wanted so now technology was added technology would, which could have a negative impact if misused by the wrong person and that's how the fast and furious franchise evolved even though a few elements in the movie may look ridiculous and one can question the return of past characters and the back story and things being revealed in this the question is is this the last installment the answer is nobody knows what the what the actors involved in the movie want what the writers and the directors and the production company have in mind we don't know but certainly it gave the impression that with so so much subplot coming out so many things which were hidden the boxes were opening and flashback from past movies but there was a reason there was a different hobbs and shaw movie because if you look at it it was impossible to have actors like wind diesel Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham and John Cena in the same movie at the same time knowing very well that they can carry on a movie on their own as a main character that's why the Hobbs and Shaw movie which is part of the Fast and Furious franchise was deemed separate no connection with this they tried that but there is always a connection but it was always impossible to have these four actors with their own ego at the same time in the same place as far as taking the lead was concerned and that's how the fast and furious movie has evolved This ends episode number 413 on the 6th of September 2021. For more awesome content, tune to this episode of the show. And 
and I will be back on 8th September 2021 with episode number 414. So stay tuned for the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.